Welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast with Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast. This is Pastor Greg and I'm so excited to be with you today on our podcast. I just really enjoy uh, recording these. And today it will be two firsts for me and the podcast. One, I feel like I'm without my right hand today because Pastor Brad is not with me. But the reason that Pastor Brad is not on the podcast today is I'm actually a traveling podcaster today. I'm recording live from the state office here in Roanoke, Virginia. So this is our first off-site um, podcast, but I'm going to be interviewing, and I guess he can be my co-host for the day, Pastor Rob Meredith. Rob, tell everybody hello. Thank you, Pastor Greg. It's good to be with you today. Uh, this is my first podcast, and I always thought if I'm going to be on a podcast, I guess it's one that's around bad preaching. Yeah, that's right. Well, the the reviews we get uh, say that you named it correctly, Pastor Greg, <laughs> when you said bad preaching. So I have a very serious, deep question to start the podcast off with. Are you ready for that? A very All deep right. question. Are you prepared for the notoriety that you will receive personally and in your ministry by being on the Bad Pe- Preaching Podcast? Well, I've had guys like you to, to look up to, so I've kind of been <laughs> watching how you've handled the attention since this has gone viral. So, right, right. Okay. Uh, well, I'll just lean on you for some well, help there. Uh, I, good. I'm here for you. I'm here. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, I am honored to have Pastor Rob Meredith. He is a tremendous pastor. He is a tremendous leader, and I consider him a wonderful friend, and he's been a great ministry friend to me personally in many ways, and I appreciate that, Pastor Rob. And what I wanted us to talk about first today, uh, he's also the state facilitator for Vital Initiative, and as we go through our sessions, we're going to intermingle some topics that tie to Vital Initiative, and then we'll have a segment just about that, if that's okay with you, Pastor Rob. It sounds great. Okay. But I wanted to start, would would you just talk to us a little bit about growing up in the church? You grew up, like myself, we both grew up in our movement in the Church of God from babies on up. And so talk about that a little bit. You were from uh, Pulaski County, but I'll let you tell the story. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, as I've gotten to know you, I, it's funny how similar our, our yes. stories are, both growing up in, yes. in a smaller church. Uh-huh. And uh, so, so yeah, so I grew up in a uh, church in a little place called Parrot, mm-hmm. uh, Parrot Church of God. And um, my the, the back story to that is my um, grandfather was a coal miner, and he moved his family to Parrot uh, and sometime later. Uh, probably in the 30s, 40s, and my um, my mom uh, grew up in Parrot, and so... Now, for the folks that may not know where Parrot is, can you describe that? Okay, so if you're in Pulaski County, if you are near the Fairlawn area, mm-hmm. um, past Walmart, drive about seven miles uh, northeast uh, in Pulaski County, it's it kind of parrot is is would be part of Pulaski County that's on the line of of Giles County mm-hmm. near the New River the railroad yeah. uh, the Radford Arsenal is just to the east of of Parrot and mm-hmm. so uh, that's kind of the setting kind of tucked away in that northeast corner per- close kind to of, Montgomery County line too yes sir right yeah. across yeah. the river would be Montgomery County right uh, the community of McCoy there was also coal mines there yes and yes. so Parrot's a unique name it's a unique place uh, it got its name from um, the owner of the coal mines was was Mr. Parrot, and so the okay. community took okay. the name from 
from the, from the coal mines there. And so my grandfather moved there, bought some property. Um, I don't know the years. Like I said, it was probably in the 30s. My mom was born in 46. So it was probably somewhere in the 30s, 40s. They moved to Parrot. And um, there was a Church of God there, United Methodist Church, and a fire station. Really small all together. community. Yeah, right, all together, all right, right together. there, yes. kind of in the center of the community. Uh-huh. So um, when I was born, we actually lived on the family land. Uh, we had a small place up right across the road from my grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the church, parent church of God. And then, uh, so my early, early upbringing was there in that, in that kind of that setting. But we uh, moved to, to Dublin when I started between my kindergarten and first grade year. We moved to Dublin and we drove back to the community for church. Okay. Um, okay. Drove back for, for Sunday school. And I gave my heart to the Lord uh, when I was 13, 13. September 27th, mm-hmm. 1993. Uh, in a revival on a Monday night, the evangelist's name was uh, uh, Brother Riggs. Brother Riggs, okay. And, uh, and he preached. I've, I don't think I've ever crossed paths with him since, huh. but, but he, he was the evangelist. I remember his name. Can't tell yeah. you what he preached, but I gave my heart to the Lord that night. Who was the pastor then? The pastor at the time was uh, W.O. Myers. Brother Myers. Brother Myers, yes. yeah. He was, he was my pastor. He was a wonderful man. He's the, gone on to be with the Lord now, but he was my pastor he pastored Parrot for about 10 years. His wife, Desi, right? Yes. She's still living. She is. Lives in Bland County. Yes. 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 Brother Myers actually pastored the church I grew up in, Abs Valley, but he pastored there before I was born. Okay. But many of I the people who I grew up with and a lot of the adults, of course, looked fondly upon Brother and Sister Myers, as they were called, yeah. and just beautiful people. I've crossed paths with them before he passed, and then uh, consider his wife still a friend, lives there in Bland County. But so those were your pastors as a child. Yes. And, yeah. and, and really uh, just solid people. Just, yes. He's just a really good, solid leader. Definitely. Uh, he loved, Definitely. loved the church and just was a real uh, strong preacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so that was, you know, so, you know, my testimony is I, I was saved and, and filled the Holy Spirit there in the at Parrot Church of God. I grew up there. I, I kind of got, some opportunities as through middle and high school, a little bit more opportunities to get involved in the church and started teaching uh, children's class and different things on Wednesdays. And So you're leading me to a question I would like to ask, just thinking about growing up in a smaller church, um, a rural church, very similar to my story. Tell me two or three things, two or three words that come to mind of how significant that is, how powerful that is. I know my little church growing up, has shaped my life in so many ways. So, so tell me yourself, what, what the power of the community of believers and being part of that. Yeah, I don't think we realize it at the time. You right, know, I don't, we don't think you realize no. the impact that it's making. But right. just in small ways, being able to be involved, mm-hmm. uh, being able to, whether it's just uh, lead a prayer or, or right. take prayer requests uh, mm-hmm. for a service or, or just to... Receive the offering. Yeah, or open uh, just pass the plates, you know, right. just, just as a, just as a young teenager, feeling yeah. like you have a, a contribution, mm-hmm. a connection. Uh, yeah. Yes. I felt like growing up and, and you probably felt the same way. I ha- I felt like I had extra sets of grandparents, extra sets of aunts and uncles, all as part of that community of believers. Did you, do you feel the same type of thing? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, when, when you're in a smaller church, there's not a, not probably not a large youth group. So it's you and a few other uh, mm-hmm. Kids there, and so so you kind of take on that that family atmosphere where yeah. they're all ex- extended grandparents and aunts and uncles, yes. and, and everybody kind of kind of deposits a little bit into you as you as you're going along. Very much so, and I have felt 
like you said, we take it for granted or maybe we don't recognize it at the time. But now as I'm 43 years old, those people, some have gone on to be with the Lord, some are still living. They still feel like my family. Some of them I might go years without seeing, but when I do see them, they still feel like family. There, There's that strong connection. And I just wish that for many young people. I wish that for the younger generations now. So yeah, that's yeah. part of our heritage. I feel that we, we need to pass on yes. to, the, to the younger generation. And, and for in my case, some of the folks that I went to church with were family. You know, right. it was right. one, my, my outdoors was, was very instrumental in, I would ride to church with her every service. And then she had a really good friend who was an evangelist, uh, Ma Cherry. Ma Cherry. And she also pastored, but yes. uh, but she was an evangelist. And and they, you know, she, we weren't blood related, but we were like family. And, and, and she just had a great relationship and a great legacy in my life. That's so powerful. And I'm glad you said the name Ma Cherry because I remember her too. And what a, what a treasure she was to the Virginia Church of God. Pastor Rob, we are coming up on a break. I can't believe that. When we come back, I want to talk about your call to ministry and your youth ministry there at Parent Church of God. Thank you for listening in to the Bad Preaching Podcast. Hi, this is Josie. We hope you are enjoying this episode of the Bad Preaching Podcast. Please join Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg each week and enjoy the discussion. Find our weekly sermons on Facebook or YouTube. Just search Nortonsville Church of God. Or visit our website for a podcast recording of each sermon at nortonsvillecog.com. Well, welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast. This is Pastor Greg, and as you know, I'm flying solo today without my counterpart, Pastor Brad, but I look forward to Pastor Brad being back with me here in Roanoke, recording this in the state office with my friend and pastor and colleague, Rob Meredith. And Rob, we really enjoyed the first segment. It went by so quickly. You're talking about being raised in the Parrot Church of God and the power of a church community. Tell me, please, about your call to ministry. And I'm sure that connects to your your time at Parrot and your upbringing. But let's talk about that. When were you called to ministry? And just describe that for us. Absolutely. Well, so Pastor Greg, I was called to ministry when I was 23 years old. Okay. When I actually accepted my calling. But I, I can go back to 1995. I remember uh, a Sunday morning service. I came out of church and I was getting in the car with my aunt. And now, how old, how old were you? I now? would have been 15. 15. Okay. Been 15 years old. Okay. And I remember getting in the back of the car and an old, older gentleman from the church, his name was Richard Harless. He came okay. around by the door where I was getting in and he said, I hope I live long enough to hear you preach. Oh, how about that? And I thought to myself, I don't feel like I'm going to be a preacher. At that time, <laughs> you know, I never thought that right. being a pastor was something right. I could ever see myself doing. So you sort of dismissed that when he said it. Yeah, because I always a, knew yeah. if, if I was going to be called, I wanted to hear from the Lord. From, sure. God, from the Lord. Right. I didn't want to be called by the ch- a person in the church or, or right. my aunt or, or And they never pressured me in that direction. Right, right. And so I, my story is related to my calling. I went to the university and... Um, I went there as a history major. I've always loved history. You and I have that in common we as well. We do. That's right. And uh, studied history, took those courses, um, began to really take an interest in some of the ministry courses I was dealing. So I added on pastoral ministry. And while mm. I was there, I was still wrestling with my calling up until um, it was February 11th, 2004. And I was... Uh, 23 years old. We were in a convocation service, which is like a revival at on Lee, campus. Cha- yeah, chapel. On Lee. Mm-hmm. It was a Wednesday night. 
Raymond Culpepper, Dr. Raymond Culpepper was Raymond preaching Culpepper. that night. Yeah. And he preached a message, is there not a cause? And the cause, he preached about David and Goliath. And I just mm. felt like that night that the Lord really, just, I was sitting on the third row in, in the con center. And I just felt like that night the Lord just, I say, he read my mail. I just felt like mm. everything he was preaching was just wow. directly to me. Right. Uh, the Lord gave me scripture that I've been holding on to ever since. And I just know that. From that night, it was, I never looked back. I knew I was called. I never questioned it, never doubted it. Uh, that night after service, I, I called my parents, called my pastor at the time, called my aunt, just told everybody. Wow. All my friends that were there with me on campus. A defining moment. It was. It was wow. one of those moments where I haven't, haven't never looked back. That's that, those were the words that were just going through my mind. I was going to say, so basically, you've never looked back mm-hmm. from that, that time. What a significant thing. So when you finished at Lee, um, you started into ministry at that point. What, what you went into youth ministry? I did, right? I did, yeah. Uh, so back up a little bit. Right after my calling, two uh-huh. weeks later, I met the the girl that would grow to be my. I would mar- end up marrying Casey. Wow! And, and eventually, so a lot uh, happened a in lot the course of two weeks. In a short amount of time, it great sure day. We met and yeah. and started dating. In eleven months, we were engaged. And wow and started into youth ministry together. And so uh, I actually got the opportunity to go back to Parrot, to my home church, to be the youth pastor there. Uh, my pastor at the time was uh, Pastor Eddie Dalton. Brother Dalton. Yeah, yes. Brother Dalton, wonderful, wonderful leader. And He pastors Riverview now. He does. Draper, he wonderful does. man. Yes. He pastored. Uh, he great our, sense of humor. He great was man. our pastor for about 10 years Okay, um, there at Parrot. And uh, he's the one that, that listened to my heart and hired us to be the youth pastor and supported us and really was in our corner uh, all the all the way with with the youth ministry and I'm very grateful for his leadership but but yeah we we started off um, you know again small but we just had a, a big vision just believed mm-hmm. that God mm-hmm. could we saw potential there um, we you know I tell people the first first night first Wednesday we bought uh, one large pizza. And we had so few kids, we had pizza left over. <laughs> wow. And, but you uh, start somewhere. Right. Right. And the scripture says not to despise the days of small beginnings. That's right. That's right. Right. So it's interesting to me, and I want to hear this story because I saw this. I forget about this, Pastor Rob, because I think of you as a friend, a colleague, a pastor, mm-hmm. vital initiative. And as I was preparing to record this with you, I, I thought, you know, I forget about his time as a youth pastor, but you had a very impactful and fruitful, and I admire it very much, the ministry that you did, and, and Casey, uh, they're in Parrot and the surrounding communities. Now, I, I it ran parallel. We did not know each other, but I lived in Fairlawn during most of that time while you were the youth pastor at Parrot. And I worked in Radford City as as a principal, and, and my wife, Donna, worked as assistant principal over in Dublin. We did not know you, but I would see the parrot church vans all over the place, all over the New River Valley. And I heard about you. I attended the Christiansburg Church, which was on the same district, but um, didn't know you until I went full time in 2016, really. Yeah. But but I saw that and I heard what you were doing. And let me let you describe it. It was a, a really beautiful ministry to a, a lot of children who otherwise would not or teenagers who otherwise would have not been in church. So take us through that a little bit. 
Yeah, and, and it's funny you bring that up, Greg. It's so remarkable that we're such good friends now, and we had that, yeah. that shared past, but we weren't we weren't in a friendship then, didn't yeah. know each other. Our lives ran time. parallel, really. And it's been funny that <laughs> as I've gotten to know that. you, I found yeah. out how you were the principal of some of the students some that I was pastoring. Some of the students you were pastoring, and, yes. And it's so it's so funny. But yes. we, we just started with what we had. You know, we had one church van, and, and I remember before we could start the van ministry, we had to get tires because it had sat in the parking lot so long, the tires had dry rotted. So wow. we had to get tires How about that? to start the van ministry. We had wow. like... Like I said, like I think the first night there was a ping pong table and a large pizza, you know, and and we just kind of started. So we, we wanted yeah. to create community. I think part of my initial vision was to create what I call like a third place. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids went to school and they went home, but we wanted church Wednesday night to kind of be that third space where they right. just came together. And that's really, we just tried to create that kind of culture. Yeah. If you know anything yeah. about Parrot, most of your listeners probably don't, but you Parrot's not a place you you just pass through. You're going there on purpose. There's it's, one way in and one way out. It is. It's yes. a dead-end community, and, <laughs> right. and it's had a reputation of being a kind of a, a rough and rowdy community in the past. But, you mm-hmm. know, while we were there, we just confronted the, the challenges that we had and, and wanted to minister to the kids there. And then even it just began to expand because we didn't mm-hmm. live in the community. We lived in Pulaski. We mm-hmm. had bought a house. And you lived we, near Pulaski Elementary. I did. Yep. I did, and we would drive. And so we had the, the church van. Um, we started picking up and really nothing I've done in ministry has grown at the extent at the rate as fast as that did but whatever it was just the perfect time God sent the workers we needed the finances we needed and the van ministry began to grow we started off with one van before long we had uh, two vans we had a lady in Christiansburg who who kept the van at her house and would pick up kids and so everyone was converging on Wednesday night in pair in pair and you you were reaching children, youth who were um, I would call at risk. A lot of them who really needed a safe place, who really needed good role models, and and I just admire that ministry so much. I remember seeing one of those vans parked at New Hope at Christiansburg. Yeah. Sometimes that was your Christiansburg circuit, right? <laughs> it was. And, and it you was. had what three or four going we, into uh, into Radford, Christiansburg, Pulaski. Yeah. All three of those and, communities, and, yes, sir. Yeah, and yeah. all, and then we had one that would go impaired up up on the up mountain. Impaired, so you had four, and, uh, four yeah, going out. We yeah. did. We had uh, um, it. God really, really blessed. And when we left, we had four vans. And so, like I said, mm-hmm. we we took one Pulaski and through Dublin and on on, on to Parrot and bring the kids. We sometimes we'd have to do multiple loads, but uh-huh. you know they, they they just it was. I don't know that you could do it now, but it worked at that time. Yeah, you know this God would have really, been the, what two thousands, right? Yeah, mid two thousands to, to yeah. up to we left. I think Parrot in January twenty twelve. And, uh, you know, when we left, because uh, there was four vans on the road, multiple classes, and, you know, God had really blessed. And, uh, you know, the church was, was you know, do, doing really well. And do you think some of that is just showing love? Just showing them Absolutely. love? Absolutely. You know, just other ways we showed love is we didn't just provide transportation at church, but we fed them when they mm-hmm. got there. Mm-hmm. Christmas, we were getting gifts for them. Um, my yeah. mom and some of the ladies really took kind of ownership in, in the in the kind of the kitchen and so they would they would plan meals and different things and then uh-huh. at Christmas they would go out and shop people would donate and they would buy gifts for them so all the kids got gifts and uh, you know we just tried to go above and beyond and and just really really build that community yeah yeah and let them see Christ in us you know powerful and you planted a lot of seeds in those young people's lives Pastor Rob, I can't believe it, but our time is almost over. I, I still want to talk to you about your time 
transitioning into pastoral ministry, and I really want to get into the Vital Initiative, which everything we've talked about in this podcast ties to the Vital Initiative, but our time in this podcast is about over. Would you join me for another podcast next Absolutely. week? Absolutely. I would love to do that, Pastor Greg. Awesome. I'm sure my ratings are going to go out the roof knowing you'll be back on the show. <laughs> hey, thank you all for listening to the Bad Preaching Podcast. Thanks for listening today. Join us next week on the Bad Preaching <laughs> Podcast.